Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029. As always, we always have Shiler from B1029. And we're recapping, dissecting, discussing, getting on our soapboxes about some of the big entertainment stories from the week of November 7th, 2022. And we're going to kick off with one that people always seem to be, just when you hear about it, like, oh, you either agree, you don't agree. Uh, People Magazine always releases their uh, Sexiest Man Alive. And this year's sexiest man alive is Chris Evans. And I'll tell you what, Chris Evans, he's a pretty handsome dude. I you know, he about time. <laughs> he, is, he is Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> yeah. We've been new. We, That's we've right. This. I mean, why why wouldn't you have Captain America be the sexiest man alive? I'm sure I wonder if he's ever getting sick of that. People would just be I mean. We've talked about this before on our on our past episodes of the of the podcast. When you when you have a defining role like that, whether it's like James Bond or or Batman or Harry Potter, no matter what you do outside of that, you will always be known as a person that played that role. So yeah. Chris Evans from now on will always be remembered as Captain America. And so I, w- I wonder if at some point he'll get tired of that. I, I hope not. I hope not. I get, he did so well in the role. He did so well as the character and he did so well like transitioning into the store or out of the story that I really, I really hope, I mean, just like, like Daniel Radcliffe has continued to be Daniel Radcliffe and acknowledged his history as Harry Potter, but done his own thing after the fact. I really, I really hope that he maintains like a healthy respect for Marvel and like how he really became a superstar. Did you see him in the gray man? Oh, he was phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I mean, forget Captain America. I mean, I love Captain America and he, he wore the uniform very well. But him with the stash, I was like, <laughs> I have, I am weirdly attracted to a dude with a mustache and I never thought I'd ever say that. <laughs> he's a handsome well, dude and he's he's one of the more deserving of our of the winners that we've had in the past. Yeah. For sure. I feel like and, the sexiest men alive never really hit. You know, well, I mean, last year was Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd, wasn't it? Yeah, Paul Rudd. That that was a good. That was a good pick. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan the year before, though, that was that was solid. That was probably the best pick. John Legend in what was that twenty nineteen? I think. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba, though, that was a good one. I do love Idris Elba. That was uh, 2018. Most you have the list right there in front of you. You just recalling from memory because that's actually pretty good. Oh, it's tattooed on my brain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a list in front of me, but I, it's it's just because I needed to figure out what year Blake Shelton won, which was 2017, and I cannot. Uh, like I will. I know. I don't see it. He's tall. That's the only thing he has going for him. Yeah. I, I liked uh, Chris Chris Evans' quote in this when he talks, you know, when they, you know, does the interview. Um, he basically mentions his mom. He says, quote, my mom will be so happy. She's proud of everything I do, but this is something she can really brag about. And they actually, actually quote his mother in this too. And uh, she laughs. She says, this whole thing is a, is tough to be interviewed about. Or I'm sorry, no, that's, that's what he said. But um, uh, basically she she says, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I am very proud of him for the most part. That is, he's. Oh, well, here like, she is. She says, "I am not surprised at all. 
our family will be beside themselves. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. I feel like every time any of these guys is is nominated or wins Sexiest Man Alive, it's always a chance for their friends to rib them. Yeah. I feel like that's what always happens on Twitter. They're like, oh, Sexiest Man Alive, and that's how I'm going to call you from now on. And it's and that, and that, I think he said that in the interview too. Like this is just a great opportunity for my friends to to dig on me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, well, there's a whole lot of us digging on you, actually, Ben. <laughs> well, yeah. So here's a fun fact. So the very first sexiest man alive was in 1985. Do you know who it was? Uh, I do Without not. Looking? 85. 1985. 85. Was it Sean Connery? Uh, no, he was actually 19, 1989. Oh, dang it. 85. But, I don't know. It was Mel Gibson. In 85. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's OG. Mm-hmm. He was the very first. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, some others that have made the list in the past, Sean Connery, like we talked about in 1989, Tom Cruise in 1990. Oh yeah. Keanu Reeves in 94. And he could still be, he could still win it tomorrow. I think so too. I think he could be a two time winner. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Denzel Washington, 96, Brad Pitt in 95, George Clooney, 97, uh, Harrison Ford in 98. Brad Pitt is actually a two-time winner. I'm sorry. Brad Pitt and Richard Gere are two-time winners. Richard Gere won it in 99 and also in 93. I'm not super into Richard Gere, but okay. And Brad Pitt in 2000 and in 95. Um, Let's see. Pierce Brosnan in 2001. Johnny Depp in 2003. Oh, yeah. George Clooney, also a double winner. 2006. Johnny Depp, also a double winner and also again in 2009. Yep. And then, of course, we got Ryan Reynolds in 10, Bradley Cooper in 11, Channing Tatum in 12, Adam Levine in 2013. Mm. I think some <laughs> people disagree with me, but I'm sorry. I don't I don't no. see that one. Uh, Chris Hemsworth in 2014. David Beckham in 15, uh, The Rock in 16, Blake Shelton in 17. And, of course, we talked about Idris Elba, John Legend, Michael B. Jordan, Paul Rudd, and Chris Evans. So. It's funny if you want to if you want to go the superhero route, the last um, three, Chris Evans, obviously Captain America, Paul Rudd, Ant Man, Michael B. Jordan was Killmonger in the Black Panther film. Yeah, you know, so there you go. You got a bunch of uh, Marvel actors popping up as a sexist. So apparently, if you want to be on the list, you just appear in a Marvel film and you might have a shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on to, uh, well, Bradley Cooper, also one of the sexiest men alive. Um, looks like he and ex Arena Shake are back together. That's what that's oh, what really? it seems. Yeah, so they split in 19. They were together between 2015 and 2019. They have a five-year-old daughter together. And so just recently, last week, they were seen together walking around New York, you know, walking their dogs, holding hand in hand. In fact, they got one, one picture with arena's hand on on uh bradley's rear end there so yeah oh. <laughs> loud and clear Got yeah it. loud and clear i mean that that's something you don't do you don't normally do if you're just friends you know no that's um not yeah that's yeah the, the, the co-parents don't do that yeah um but 
they actually in September, uh, Arena and Bradley went on a family vacation with their five year old daughter in September. Then Arena on Thanksgiving posted a photo of them at a Halloween party together. Oh. Um, so yeah. And then just uh just here over the weekend, there was a report from page six that a source says that Bradley and Irina are trying to get pregnant again. Oh. Yeah. See, I thought I I thought that there might I speculated that there might have been like a hookup situation happening between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga during oh, a yeah. Star is Born. Yeah. So I thought that that's, that might be why, because they both each split with their partners like right around this same time. So it's like, oh, okay, there's going to like, there's going to be a report come out that they're together now, but it never happened. And even like the steamy duet they did, what was it at the Oscars or the Grammys? I, yeah, I they think so. Shallow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that they, they did a wonderful, I mean, that song was yes. phenomenal. And their chemistry together was just like so palpable. It was like, I thought for sure that they were going to be an item. And then it just never happened. So, or at least not publicly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad that he's, I'm glad that they are trying to work it out and, you know, keep their family together and were able to overcome whatever broke them up back then. And I'm hoping that it wasn't Lady Gaga. Well, like, you know, I'm sure that, look, like you said, when they performed at the Oscars together, they had that really nice duet. They're sitting next to each other on the, on the piano. And it was very, I mean, there was some chemistry there, whether it was just because of the chemistry they had on film, or if there was actual, some personal chemistry there, you knew there was something there. And just been that, that they were acting and like, this is like, look at us, give us all the awards. Like we're acting. (laughs) We're acting. I don't know, man, this looked, yeah, I, I was like, are they gonna kiss? <laughs> I know because like, there's like when they're singing together, she's almost like their heads are together. You know, their foreheads are together as they're singing into the mic, and you know, he's embracing her. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it just. And Arena was there. Yeah, she was in the audience. I think she. I think Lady Gaga had already broken up with what's his name, Taylor. Yeah, you're right. I can see um, his face. I don't remember his name, but she. Had, I think she had already broken up with him, but. Yeah, Arena's just in the audience. Like, is anybody gonna like call this out? Like, is anybody like what? <laughs> Sorry, did I miss something? Yeah, she just like, yeah. sitting like, um, hello, what the and, heck is happening? But and you know what? I mean, look, be- between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, you know, again, this is just speculation. You kind of think that, yeah, there might have been something there, and just maybe because of which always seems to be the issue is scheduling. Um, you kind of think that maybe they kind of realize, you know what? Eh, this probably isn't going to work. Oh, that's true. You know, and, and look with, with uh, Bradley and Irina, the story goes on to say that, look, they both missed each other. So, you know, maybe during that break time, you know, he, who knows? Maybe he tried it. Maybe the lady Gaga and Bradley tried, but you know, Bradley's like, you know what? I just, I, I can't, who knows? You know, we we could be look. We could be one hundred percent completely wrong on this. But if you if you've seen the film, if you saw the Oscar performance, you kind of have to think maybe probably hooked up. Yeah, 
this is me speculating. I should just mind my business. <laughs> this is probably... what this is what happens when we speculate. Then 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 we write articles and then people start believing stuff. So anyway, yeah, we'll we'll get hit up by Daily Mail or something wanting yeah. to statement. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be quoted. <laughs> Shyler from the Weekly Trash Recap podcast says, "Quote." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll they'll completely leave out the speculation part of it. Oh yeah, I'll be like yeah. Shyler and, said that she is best friends with Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait, I am. <laughs> News to me. Gaga, hit me up. Yeah, if that that leads to a friendship with Lady Gaga, they can misquote me any day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm manifesting a best friendship with Lady Gaga. Stephanie, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. So there there were a couple of uh, Jennifer interviews that came out. Uh, The first one, Jennifer Lopez on Vogue. And she really talks about her relationship with Ben Affleck, kind of what, you know, how it all got back going again and also taking his name because oh, yeah. I, I think that surprised a lot of people because she didn't really come out and publicly say it. It was actually one of her, her, uh, her club emails that said, I get signed at the end of it. Mrs. Ben Affleck or, or something along those lines were basically saying that, yeah, I took my husband's name. Um, and so she, she talks about that and she also talks about too blending the two families you know, because she has hers and Ben obviously has his. And there's really, it seems like there's not a lot of good co-parenting going on between J-Lo and her ex versus like Ben and Jen. And she 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 makes note of that in the interview. So as I'm, as I'm scrolling through the interview, she talk, first talks about taking Ben Affleck's name. And she says, quote, People are still going to call me Jennifer Lopez, which is true. But my legal name will be Mrs. Affleck because we're joined together. We're husband and wife. I'm proud of that. I don't think that's a problem. And, you know, she says, she goes on to say, you know, I feel like it's just romantic. It still carries tradition and romance to me. And maybe I'm just that kind of girl. And I agree. I mean, look, she's right. We're all going to call her Jennifer Lopez. We're not going to call her Jennifer Lopez Affleck. We're not going to call her Jennifer Affleck. It's Jennifer Lopez or J-Lo. Yeah. We're not calling. She's we're not going to call her Jayba. <laughs> she, yeah, she's already established her her identity as J Lo. She's J Lo forever. But I appreciate her like speaking out on this because I've I've I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but I struggled a lot with taking my husband's name. My husband comes from a very big family. There's a lot of Krauses. So to me, it's like there's not as many Burtons. So I kind of wanted to keep my maiden name and and not change my name. But I felt like that was just so wrong. You know, I wanted to, I, I felt the same way she did, where it's like, I'm still who I am. You're going to call me whatever you're going to call me. And it it was it was a weird kind of acceptance thing. So I appreciate someone who has the kind of platform that she does speaking out on that because it, it gave me a lot of peace because I, I, I did struggle with that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not JLo. Like I didn't have an identity like she does, <laughs> but I still was like, well, I'm, I want to, I mean, I am who I am. Like, I don't want to just change cause I got married. Like it's, but it seems mm-hmm. like archaic, but it's not, she's right. It's this romantic and this declaration of, of love and blending a family together. And it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. And and then she goes on to talk about 
you know, the, the journey back to Ben Affleck, as they say it in the article. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like a, she's, I guess it was like a 12 year self-discovery. You know, she had just become single or, or separated from Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony. She was a single mom, technically. Um, you know, she had a couple of albums that didn't do well. She wasn't getting a lot of movie offers. And then she accepted the job as a judge on American Idol. And then she goes on to talk about, you know. A-Rod. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I talking. Thought, to, now that it's over, did anybody think that was going to work? Uh, I, I did not think this was going to work. I I thought, and, and I, I might be a little judgy here, but I felt like A-Rod and J-Lo, I just feel like the egos are too big. Like each of them and their egos was, it was never going to work in a cohesive blending like, like that she has with Ben Affleck. And I think the only reason that they are able to blend their egos is because of the history that they have. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and they, they both said that they were, you know, they were young when, yes. when, when Ben and Jen first got together, they were young. They didn't realize the amount of attention they were going to get. And I mean, it, that's what basically split them up. Exactly. They just, they couldn't handle the pressure of it. And that's understandable. I don't know. I just, I never thought that JLo and A-Rod were going to work out. I never, I never thought that that was going to be an end game thing. I didn't think she would get back together with Ben Affleck, but I, I just wasn't confident when they got engaged. I was like, there's not, there's not going to be a wedding. Right. <laughs> that's not going to work. So, yeah, so it's like like you said, she goes on to talk about a little bit about how the whole thing started again with Ben Affleck, and she says that she kind of felt like she's always held a candle for Ben, and so the article says that shortly after she and A Rod called off their engagement in 2021, she got an email from Ben who had just kind of came out of his relationship with Ana de Armas, that short-lived relationship, if you remember that. Oh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. And you know, he. I guess a, a, a magazine had asked Affleck for a comment about Lopez about you know the the engagement being broken off between she and A Rod, and said so wanted to let her know that you know he had a kind of. I he says that he wanted her to know that he had provided a rave, and so they kept talking and visiting each other. And then she says, obviously, we weren't trying to go out in public, but I never shied away from the fact that for me, I always felt like there was a real love there, a true love there. She goes on to say, people in my life know that he was a very, very special person in my life. We reconnected with those feelings for me were still very real. Yeah. And then. I think that's Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of talking about, you know, blending the two families. You know, obviously, but at that at that time they didn't have kids, but obviously now they do. And she also talks a little bit about Jen and how, like I mentioned before, that as far as the co-parenting between Ben and Jennifer Garner versus she and 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 you know Mark Anthony, she says that. Um, let me find. I'm I'm trying to find the quote here. She's she calls Jennifer Garner quote an amazing co-parent. And they work really well together. 
She said the transition is a process that needs to be handled with so much care. They have so many feelings talking about their kids, their teens, but it's going really well so far. What I hope to cultivate with our family is that his kids have a new ally in me and my kids have a new ally in him. Someone who really loves and cares about them, but can have a different perspective and help me see things that I can't see with my kids because I'm so emotionally tied up. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, I feel like when a family, unfortunately, parts ways or, you know, the mom and dad split, bringing new partners to each of their lives, I feel like it should only be beneficial for the kids. And like, and like it, it should be like a bonus situation and not like an evil stepmother. Like, you know, right. like there's a weird stigma with 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 step parents and it's like I I just I think that it should be like bonus parents like it should only be good for the kids to have an extra person an extra dose of love and right. and care for the kiddos. Yeah. I mean that's I that's how that's it was the with the most important part. Yeah. I mean that's how it was with my wife and I, exactly. you know, but I have my daughter with her mom, you know, and then of course my wife with her previous, you know, previous husband. You know, so was, there's a blending there, but yeah, I mean, it's an, you know, my wife's not replacing my daughter's mom. Of course. And I'm not replacing them as their father, my my wife's kids. So, you know, that, that it's just a, like you said, it's a, it's a bonus parent is what you get a bonus dose of love yeah. from both and sides. We talked about that with Kanye and Pete, where Kanye was so mad about Pete Davidson going shopping with the kids being like, I'm being replaced. It's like, no. You, this dude is taking your kids shopping. Like you're welcome. <laughs> Saved your wallet a couple hundred dollars. Like just enjoy it. Just enjoy that somebody loves your kids and yep. loves their their mother and their you know what I mean. Like you should just be grateful that they're getting extra love in their life that they might not have had, especially if you were really unhappy in the relationship before. Yeah, for so sure. Good. I think it's yeah. good. All right, moving on to another Jennifer. Jennifer Aniston did an interview in in Allure, and she she talks about a lot of bit about her life from friends and and just some of the things she went through. But one of the quotes that I really enjoyed from her was she says, "quote I would say my late thirties, forties, I'd gone through really hard blank. <laughs> if it wasn't for going through that, I would have never become who I was meant to be." That's why I have such gratitude for all those blank things. Otherwise, I would have been stuck being this person that was so fearful, so nervous, so unsure of who they were. She goes, and now I don't blinking care. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what is funny? Because if you remember Rachel at the very beginning of the series Friends, very naive, very unsure, very you know nervous. Yes. And the rest of her you know, castmates on the show, you know, encouraging her to be out on her own, get her own job. And you saw Rachel grow and just basically not being scared, you know, learning from all those things and not being so unsure of herself. And I mean, that, that that's funny how Jennifer Aniston now kind of looks back and that's how she sees herself. And one of those things she talks about was, of course, everyone's obsession with her being pregnant, or at least trying to be pregnant, because I, I don't understand what it was about Jennifer Aniston we've, that we felt like we needed to have her have a child. You know, I, I don't 
I don't understand what it was about her that why isn't Jennifer Aniston a mom yet? I mean, she'd be a great mom. And I know she knew she'd be a great mom, but it just, she realized, look, it wasn't going to happen. She says, quote, I was trying to get pregnant. It was a challenging road for me, the baby making road. And she says, you know, nobody, all the years and years and years of speculation, it was really hard. I was going through IVF, drinking Chinese teas, you name it. I was throwing everything at it. I would have given anything if someone had said to me, freeze your eggs, do yourself a favor. You just don't think about it. So here I am today. The ship has sailed. But, you know, she says, look, I have zero regrets. I actually feel a little relief now because there is no more. Can I? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't have to think about that anymore. And then there was some speculation about her and Justin Thoreau. Because I get there was some rumors that um, he had left her because she didn't give him a child. And she says, yeah. And she says, quote, you know, adding to the personal pain of what she went through was the, quote, narrative that I was just selfish. She says, I just cared about my my career. And God forbid a woman is successful and doesn't have a child. And the reason my husband left me why we broke up and ended our marriage was because I wouldn't give him a kid. It was absolute lies. I don't have anything to hide at this point. Oh, no man like this is such a sensitive topic not only for like women in a public eye but just for the everyday woman like I'm lucky that I don't get hounded about why I don't have kids because I surround myself with people who aren't like gonna put me in that awkward position but right. you don't know why people don't have kids. Some people don't want them. Some people cannot have them. And that's a very awkward position to be putting people in, especially like in interviews and stuff. And and she had the whole world speculating in the midst of her trying with all of her might to become pregnant. So she's getting all this pressure put on you. Well, stress can keep you from becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it's like we almost ruined it for her with all of our speculation and the need to know. I mean, who knows? Without all of that added pressure, she might have been able to, to achieve that, that peace in her life that she wanted at that moment. I'm, I'm just so glad that she's at least been able to come to terms with not having that and being okay with that. Like, it is totally okay to not have children. Like, children don't define you as a person, as a woman, as a human. Like, your ability to have kids, it just, it's not, it's not, mm -hmm. yeah. we aren't that kind of society anymore. Like, you're, <laughs> we're not beheading women for not being able to give the king a child. Like, this is, <laughs> this is so archaic to speculate yeah. about women's fertility, or anyone's fertility for that matter. But it's just so bizarre and I, re I, I don't remember us putting as much pressure on other female celebrities. I always, when I think of fertility speculation, I always think of Jennifer Aniston. I always think about how, well, that's why Brad Pitt, that's why he left her and he started boinking Angelina Jolie because he wanted a family and Jennifer Aniston, she was too selfish. She wasn't going to give it to him. And the same yeah. thing with Justin Thoreau. You're right. It's yeah. like there was always a speculation of she's not delivering on her role as a woman and as a wife to give 
children to the husband. Like, that's so gross and archaic way of thinking. And I'm just so glad that she's kind of stepping up and saying, like, not only is that BS, it's false, but, like, that ship has sailed for me. I, it wasn't for lack of trying. It's just, it, it's not for everybody, whether you choose to or whether you have to accept it. It's not for everybody. And I'm glad that she's found other ways to feel fulfilled because I don't think, I don't think that children should be, like, your goal of feeling fulfilled. Like, oh, I'm empty inside. Better have a kid. Like, no, no. Right. Maybe try therapy. Maybe try some other things. If you're feeling empty inside, the last thing you need is to become pregnant. <laughs> I think I think that that is counterproductive. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to our wah story. This one, yeah. Look, we, we've talked about Britney Spears before. And She's sometimes... me out so much. Britney just... Word vomits. Joe, so, she stresses me out so much. I just so, want her to be okay. I know. We all do. But on a uh, episode of the Drew Barrymore show last week, Monday, um, November 7th, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, obviously from Stranger Things, Enola Holmes, um, Drew Barrymore asked her, you know, who would you, who would be on your bucket list of people to to play? And Millie said, I want to play Britney Spears. She says, quote, I think her story resonates with me. Just growing up, watching her videos, watching interviews of her when she was younger. I see the the scramble for words and I don't know her, but when I look up pictures of her, I feel like I could tell her story in the right way and hers only. And so then apparently day after that interview hit, Britney goes on Instagram and reminds people, quote, good news, good news, still breathing. I hear about people wanting to do movies about my life. Dude, I'm not dead. Gosh. Okay, I do I do want to say the way Millie phrased it was a little weird. The way Millie phrased it was a little weird. I wish she would have just said, I've followed her story for a very long time. As someone who's also grown up in the spotlight, I feel like I have a unique perspective and I could tell her story very well. And maybe we look a little bit alike or, you know, something like that instead of like, I don't know. I feel like the way she said it was a little off-putting. Mm -hmm. And Brittany, I just think anytime Brittany Spears' name is mentioned, Brittany takes offense. Like Brittany immediately goes on the defense and she's like, whoa, are you trying to kill me? like what what <laughs> no no one said that you don't have to i mean weird al yankovic i know that it's you know a, a parody but there's a biopic out of him and he's yeah. not croaked it's like this happens all the time yeah like it, you don't have to be gone in order no. to she's got to be so scarred from the documentaries and and speculation and articles that people have written from observing her and i no one would ever i hope i hope no one would ever attempt to make a Britney biopic without Britney on board. Oh, I, I think you would. I mean, look, the Weird Al biopic with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Al was a part of it. Exactly. You, I think and, you have to be. Right. And Weird Al, you know, because he, he's done interviews with Daniel Radcliffe about the, the biopic. He says it's, it was, I mean, it's meant to be funny. There are There is some truth to some of the, the biopic, which, of course, with all biopics, all of it's not 100% true. There are truths to it. 
Um, but yeah, I think for Millie, you know, she just, you're right. You don't have to be dead to make a biopic and look, and I, and maybe, yeah, Millie, maybe, you know, didn't phrase it the best, but you know, when asked, you know, who would you like to, to play as far as if there was a role like, yeah, I want to, I want to do Britney Spears, story because we've we, there. Yeah. There's been the documentaries and stuff, but there's never actually been a true hard documented Britney Spears biopic. And Maybe it would have been better received if she had said, I would love, I would love to sit down. I would love to tell Britney's story with Britney. You know what I mean? I would really like for Britney to direct or, you know, produce a biopic about her life from her perspective. Right. And I would love the opportunity to, to, to team up with her to do that so that we're getting, you know what I mean? So we're getting the real story. She, I feel like maybe if she had phrased it differently, but I mean, it was a talk show. Like she was just talking at the same yeah. time. It's like, you shouldn't have to, you know, meticulously choice, you know, choose your words yeah. to keep it PC. Yeah. I don't think she did anything particularly wrong. I think Brittany is just so used to being attacked that she is just always on the, on the defensive. Defensive. Yeah. And I, and I think for Brittany, she's going to have to, I mean, look right now, probably isn't the best time to have Brittany work on her own biopic. <laughs> <laughs> right no, now, no, no, it is not. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> that that could be a nightmare right now, but I think that it, look, if Brittany were to kind of get in a in a good mind frame and a good sense of mental health right now, and sit down and actually write out, because I think if she did a memoir, oh, number one bestseller for weeks, because. Everyone would want to know the story from Britney's side because, look, the side we've only always gotten is what was allowed for Britney to say or do. We've never actually thought, we never actually got to hear Britney's internal thoughts or feelings on things. I mean, until recently, obviously, but even then, it's been a lot of, there's a lot of anger there. I mean, I don't blame her. Don't get me wrong. I don't blame her for the anger, but it just seems like there's so much anger that, like you said, she's always going on the defense when anyone mentions her name. And no one's attacking her. Like, Millie was not attacking Britney. No. You know, and, and for Britney to go on the defense like that, it's like, whoa, you, you didn't quite get what she meant. She, she's not trying to kill you or off you or anything. She just says that she would want to play you and tell your story. And, you know, do it as an homage to you, not not as a money-making scheme to, you know, use your name. Yeah, but, I think... But, I think you know, just... but during the conservatorship, that was what it was. It was a money-making scheme off her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Britney is just very scarred from how she's been treated in the past and always defensive when her name gets brought up and she is not in communication about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, yeah. So anyway, but it yeah, it was like a what moment because it was yeah. When I what, saw Brittany's reaction. I was like, whoa, whoa, dude, why, like, why are you so angry? I mean, leave Eleven alone. I know. <laughs> she, she will stretch out her hand. Don't make her do it. Yes, it was like that is so weird. I'm like, yeah, her nose is start gonna start bleeding and stuff. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, start yeah. levitating, and you ain't know what's gonna happen. I was like, I don't think she did anything wrong. I mean, I think that. It could have been handled better, but I don't think that it was meant to be an attack or 
or a money grab. Like, no, not at all. That, I don't think that she walked off the stage of the Drew Barrymore show and immediately her agent was getting all kinds of calls like, hey, somebody wants to do this and leave Britney completely out of it. No, look, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be another several years at least before we even get close to a Britney Spears biopic. Yeah, because I, I I hope it happens. I hope. Oh, I do too, and and I and I agree with you that if if it's going to happen, Britney's got to be involved in one way or another. Yeah, because it if it's not. Yeah, you can't you know go talk to this person and that person and and this friend and that friend and collaborate a story based on what we know from interviews and things like that. Because look, those interviews were during that time all what she was told to say or allowed to say. It wasn't actually Britney. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, we can speculate what Britney thought based on, obviously, since the conservatorship ended, how she's felt about it, which go read her Instagram. You'll know exactly how she felt about it. And honestly, I don't blame her. Um, but I, I think she's got to be in the right mindset to do this, to write a clear story of her life and how she felt instead of it being a place of, I mean, obviously there's going to be some anger there, but I think if she were to do it now, it'd just be 100% just ripping everyone to shreds when I don't think that's what she wants to do. I think that's just how she's feeling right now. Yeah. Um, but if she gets in a mindset where she can just clearly write her story and clearly write her feelings I think that's that's the way to do it, and I and I and I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little while before I think we see that, and I think it should be. I I, I don't think she should do it now. Now is not the time. Nope, she's gotta. Yeah, she's gotta get her house in order first. Right. I mean, when I mean, think about when you're angry, you you just you know spew things. You know, you're not really coherently having good thoughts come out when you're angry. No. You're just saying what need you're just saying whatever, and then sometimes you know obviously it hurts. You're like, and you didn't really mean it, and that's where Brittany's at right now. She's just, I mean, I never do that. Viewing anger, always very articulate and and I can't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Now I told on myself. <laughs> oh, there we go. See, no, no biopic from Shiloh anytime soon. Nope. It'll just be, it'll be way more dramatic. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe so you know when those episodes come out. Where we recap and dissect and discuss some of the big entertainment stories from the week. You can also listen to them anywhere you get your podcast or at B1029.com. For Shiler, I'm Joe from B1029, and we will catch you next week.